Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pamela Rickia, and this is episode number 256 of the podcast. It's the 16th of December, 2020, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a great conversation with Marta Venturini. Marta lives with her husband and daughter in Portugal. We dive deep into her unschooling journey, which began when her daughter was an infant, and discuss her de-schooling process and how it continued to evolve as she grew as a parent. Marta also shares how much she values the online unschooling community and the wealth of resources she was able to learn from along the way. As a personal update this week, Lissy's here, (laughs) and she's waiting for me to finish up so we can do something together, so I'm excited to go join her. But before I do that, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Their generous support pays for the hosting and transcription and contributes to supporting my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the growing podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's dive into my conversation with Marta. Welcome, I'm Pamela Rickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Marta Venturini. Hi Marta. Hi. (laughs) Now we have been connected online for a few years now and I'm really looking forward to learning some more in-depth info about your unschooling journey. So to get us started, can you share with us a bit about you and your family and what everybody's interested in right now? Um, Yeah, sure. So um, my family is Bruno, Conchinha, and me and myself. Um, Bruno and I are the same age. We're 46. And Conchinha um, is 11 at the moment. And Bruno also has a daughter from a previous relationship, but she doesn't live with us. But she's Conchinha's sister. So, <laughs> um, and she's 23 uh, we also have two cats, and they're right here with me. They might <laughs> pop up in the middle of our chat. And we're living in Lisbon, in Portugal. And um, so uh, Bruno works. Um, he he has worked all his life around uh, designing kitchens, and uh, yeah, and. Uh, Um, Now, at the moment, he's not actually designing them, but he helps supervise the construction sites and, you know, when people are putting the the kitchens uh, up and going and he's he's supervising that and he he loves his work. Luckily, he's uh, working for this company now um, where he feels very, you know, appreciated and welcome. And that has been awesome because that hasn't always been the case. Mm -hmm. And um, I was um, I was trained in psychology before I became a mom. Um, I took a five year degree 
uh, at the time that was, you know, nowadays it's only three or two year degrees and then you get a master's degrees and whatever. And, um, but then my daughter was born and I decided to take another, (laughs) a whole different path. (laughs) (laughs) So um, our concerning our interests at the moment. So my daughter is a huge gamer. She's super into gaming. Um, At the moment, I'd say that maybe Roblox and Minecraft are her main uh, sources of of joy. Um, but she, you know, she plays other games online too. She loves to, to game with her friends and to chat with them. Um, she's also very much into animals and our cats. You know, usually we have like maybe an hour per day that we're cuddling and playing with them. And it's, it's awesome. Um, she's also very much into YouTube videos and she'll watch videos, you know, about the games that she's playing and trying to see where she, what she can do better or, um, she'll watch other kinds of videos too. So YouTube has, you know, like a major role in our lives, in mine too. Uh, she loves to hang out with family and friends, which we're not doing at the moment, of mm-hmm. course. Um, but she really enjoys that too. And she's also very much into TikTok right now. I don't know if you know that app. I've heard of it. Yep, yep, yep. It's super it's awesome. I love it too. Um, I'm not as much of a user as she is, but um, but I love it too. And and yeah, that's that. Those are her main interests at the moment. Um, Bruno, on the other hand, is, um, uh, he's very much into sports. He's a very sporty guy. He loves soccer. Soccer is huge in Portugal. Mm -hmm. So it's different from American football. And I'm not sure in Canada what, um, what you guys have. Um, but so in Europe, soccer is huge. Yeah. Yeah. We call it soccer here. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. There too. Yeah. And, and then, so he's super into soccer, um, car racing, Formula One, yeah. specifically. He loves it. Yeah. Um, music, painting. He paints. He's a, well, you know, I, I know that I, <laughs> I'm biased, but he's a, a, a wonderful painter. I love his paintings. So he also paints in his spare time. Um, he also lo- loves to hang out with family and friends again, which we're not doing right now. And he's very much, um, do you remember this TV show from ba- way back then that was called MacGyver? Well, they have a reboot right now. Right. Remember? Yes, so he's, yes. he's my personal MacGyver. <laughs> Every time I need something in the house, like what should we do? Because this is not, you know, something like that. And he'll just pull something together and, magic happens yeah so I'm pretty lucky (laughs) and um so that leaves me um I'm pretty much into uh unschooling (laughs) um not only um helping Conchina uh grow and and learn um but also I really enjoy uh reading about it you know and understanding it and um 
and helping and helping other people understand. Uh, I haven't been very active um, for the past few years because you know coaching has been growing, and I feel like life has kind of taken over. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoy to do that. Um, I love to hang out with our cats too. Uh, cooking, baking—I've uh, been a lot into that too. Music, art. So yeah, I think that's it. That covers more or less what we're into. <laughs> that's a lovely wide range. Like I love how that kind of weaves together. I will shout out to the Formula One car racing. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> my uh, my dad follows it closely, and he lives with us. And I don't follow it as closely anymore. I did um, when I was in my teens, I did a bit of car racing locally around here and did a bit of pit crew work and track work and stuff. So, and so I followed it very closely at, for those few years. So anyway, that's cool. Like every, every, every interest can be such a window to the world. Like even with car racing, like the, as the race moves around the world, all the different places, you've got the geography, you've got all the math and the stats, like, you know, Every every little thing that seems so small can be such a beautiful window to everything, right? Oh, I know for sure, for sure. <laughs> and I love your point about um, how how unschooling has has just basically kind of become your life lately, right? Rather than being a focus of itself, because that's something um, so many unschooling parents discover. Like over time, as they as they explore unschooling and learn more about unschooling, it really becomes a lifestyle and the way that they're living. And like we unschooled for for many years, you know, and my lifestyle hasn't changed. You know, I almost feel like I'd say I'm unschooling now, even though all my kids are grown, well grown and, and everything. But yeah, it just becomes a way of living. And it was just not something other than online when we were actually talking about it and, you know, answering, asking questions, all that kind of stuff. It wasn't a word that came up sure. during the day, right? In in our regular life, because we were just living. Yeah. So I think that that is such a cool point to make too, to for people to see that, you know, it just, it becomes a lifestyle. It just becomes the way we live and approach. It doesn't actually become a, you don't think what, what would, unschoolers do you know what I mean when you get when you get to the point where you deeply understand it you know there's there's that difference between understanding it intellectually right Uh then living it and really trusting it and understanding it in your bones because then you don't have to go back to that intellectual piece yeah but it's it's it's, it's a wonderful lifestyle, isn't it? It is. It is. And you know, something funny happened and I was, I was thinking, should I mention this or not? But it was really, it was cute in a way. And I think it goes back to what you said, because when I was asking Bruno, you know, I was trying to list down, list his interests mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to ask him to see if, you know, if I covered everything. And when I was telling him, you know, what I had listed, at some point he looked at me and he said, Oh, but, um, uh, I, I'm not sure. I mean, are you just going to mention that? And I had like a huge list. <laughs> and I said, well, well, yeah, but what's your concern? Um, and he, I think he, he thought that maybe people would think less of him because of his interests. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and I said, well, 
Well, no, sweetie. I think that the people that are going to listen to this podcast, uh, they'll think the opposite because your interests are not, you know, shallow. They're not, um, you know, like, like, like I think mainstream uh, culture sometimes labels these kinds of, you know, men that love soccer or, you know, and he's super into soccer. He like, he, he reads he reads a lot of stuff, you know, like you said about the statistics, about the, the players, about their physical condition, about where they're playing, about, you know, I don't know, so much stuff. And for me now, I can see all of that, you know, all of those connections. And, and mostly I can see the, the importance of, you know, of his interests to him because I saw them in Conchinga first but I can see them now and I value what he enjoys. So that was, that was really awesome. And then he felt like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I think you're right. No, (laughs) I just got goosebumps listening to that because that's another piece of the unschooling journey, right? That release of judgment. Yes. Other people, because at this point, like, like you said, he was feeling that they may be seen as, you know, more stereotypical, Yes. And, and people would think less from that perspective. And, and you can see why he would be worried about that. But that is a, a huge part of the unschooling journey is the realization that every interest is amazing for the person who's interested in it. Exactly. Every interest can take you so many places. There's not like that surface stereotypical view of any of it when you meet someone and talk to someone who is passionate about whatever the interest is you know it will be so much deeper than whatever stereotypical picture you have in mind but yes we learn that first by watching our kids right yes yes seeing them dive into their interests seeing how big that is and then you go oh my partner my spouse they're oh look it's so much deeper it brings them so much joy they're mm-hmm. learning so much. They're mm-hmm. so much. And then and then it grows out yet another layer for other yes. people in the world, right? That's just right. Yes. You know, we just don't feel like judging them for what they're interested in. In fact, we just get excited to see their passion in action, right? No matter the topic, we could listen yes. to someone passionately share about like their eyes light up, their energy just bubbles up when they're talking about anything that they're passionate about, right? And that's where the fun is. Yes, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, so I would love to know how you discovered unschooling and what your family's move to unschooling looks like. Okay. So, um, like I said uh, in the beginning, um, so my background is psychology, mm-hmm. uh, family therapy specifically. Um, so you can imagine more or less <laughs> some of the preconceived ideas I had regarding uh, parenting and motherhood. So, um, so then in 2009, um, you know, I was pregnant and Kunshin was born in May 2009. And very quickly, I began to um, um, understand that, you know, um, I needed to do something different. Um, she was, um, you know, I've, I've, I've had all the mainstream ideas that you can imagine. I have them. Yeah. <laughs> you name it, I had it. 
Um, so I bought everything, the pacifiers, the bottles, the, the, the cot, the, the stroller, the, you know, whatever. Um, and so I thought things were going to happen in a, in a certain way. Um, and, uh, luckily, uh, we, she started, we started breastfeeding and things went rather smoothly. So she kept on breastfeeding, no need for bottles. I I think she drank like a bottle once or twice. I don't know in her life which is okay too, not to say that, you know, yeah. if you know what I mean. No judgment. <laughs> no, no, really, honestly. Yep. At the time, I was very judgmental of everything, but now I understand things differently. Um, so, but then, you know, 15 days in, and I was trying to breastfeed her on a schedule mm-hmm. uh, as per my uh, pediatrician's um uh, directions. <laughs> and I was getting exhausted. I was, I was sleep deprived, you know, because I was, you know, uh, uh waking every two hours. Well, no, I, I was waking even earlier than that, like 15 or 20 minutes, uh, every 15 minutes because Conchinha didn't want to sleep by herself in the cot, of course. So she, <laughs> she made it very clear to me that something wasn't working and, and so, you know, I was sleep deprived. I was, you know, I, I think I, I understood at that point how people feel uh, when they're sleep deprived and they're, you know, like on, on the verge of something not that good. Mm-hmm. And so we put her in our bed. And so we started co-sleeping. But at the time, you know, I was, um, my friends, my psychologists, <laughs> psychologist friends, um, they were telling me, you, you can't do that. I mean, she'll never leave your bed. This is awful for her, you know, uh, those kinds of things, my parents too. And, and so I got myself online and started looking for stuff on breastfeeding and co-sleeping. Uh, oh, and Conchinha was not a child and was not a baby to be left, you know, sleeping, um, her, her nap, on the bed by herself or no, no, it, she was always, yeah. that's where she felt best, you know, like on, on, on top of us. <laughs> so, um, skin to skin that, that was the best for her. So I started to read a lot about that and that, I think that's where it all began. Um, I got into, I found this book, uh, that was, that was called continuum concept. You probably heard about it from Jean yeah. Lee Yeah. And that kind of opened my my mind to different practices, you know, um, regarding parenting. And uh, I remember at the time I went into like um, these online discussion forums that were uh, exclusively about that book. And at first it was very um, it was very useful uh, for me. I, I won't deny that. But but at some point, um, you know, it started feeling like these parents were um, almost as controlling, <laughs> if that makes sense, mm-hmm. as some of my mainstream friends. And some of the ideas that I had brought, you know, that I also had from mainstream parenting, and it just didn't make sense to me, you know, it, it just, um, so it, it started rubbing me the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. So then I got to, I think this was the, the, you know, um, the path, 
that I took, I got to Jan Hunt's website and I know Alex Polakowski uh, uh, shared that she went through this same path yeah, too, yeah. which was fun. Um, and uh, that's where I first read about homeschooling and unschooling. And that's where I first read the name John Holt mm-hmm. and the name Sandra Dodd. Mm-hmm. So that was the beginning of everything. And so when I found Sandra and, um, and always learning and her website, I was like blown away. Um, and I thought, okay, this is it. Okay. <laughs> I found what I, what I think will be, um, the answer, you know, that my family needs, what, what my family needs. And so, um, this was around like, Pushina was like a year and a half, maybe when mm-hmm. this started, you know, to, to unfold. And at the time, you know, like you said a few moments ago, I wanted to understand this intellectually. So I read everything I could, you know, like books. I read your books, Sandra's books. Um, I don't know how many books I read, John Holt's books. Um, I subscribed um, I don't know how many um, unschooling discussion lists, Sandra's list. There was this other one that was called Always Unschooled. I don't know if you remember that that list. Yeah. Shine with Unschooling. Um, then there was, was this group on Facebook. There was this um, network. I don't know where. You know, when I when I went into this, there was a ton of stuff. Yeah. So, um, so then, okay, I you know, started reading. Um, Luckily, there were cell phones at the time with internet. And so while Conchinha was uh, napping and or breastfeeding or whatever, I was reading, reading, reading. (laughs) That was my life. (laughs) And resting. Um, And uh, so, yeah. And so then at some point, I started to... um, filter what I was reading. You know, I started to um, understand uh, the principles of unschooling better. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, in terms of the discussions, because I still read a lot for, for a good amount of years. Um, uh, but then I started to understand, you know, which, which uh, writers I, you know, I liked the most, you know, um, and I started to understand that, you know, not always do these um, groups do the discussions um, or are they very well managed? I don't know if that makes sense, you know, because mm-hmm. there was, I don't know, I feel like with Sandra's uh, lists, there's um, uh, things that are managed in such a way that, what you get from these lists is, is always uh, juicy. <laughs> you know? There's no, there's no fluff. And because, because at the time um, and even, even now, you know, I don't have a lot of time to read. So I want to read the good stuff. <laughs> I want to read the stuff that helps me, um, you know, get back on track or do something better you know, I don't, it, it came down to me because I have this very analytical brain, maybe it all came down to managing my time and, you know, trying to focus on what I felt was really going to help me grow and um, understand unschooling better. 
I was going to say, like, that is such a beautiful description of us learning so much more about ourselves and how we learn and what helps us learn, right? Like, it, it's it's a beautiful metaphor for unschooling, for our children figuring that stuff out. Like, it, how we, pay, just paying a little bit of attention to how we sort through the information, how we find the sources that connect and resonate best with us um, because of the way we want to take in information because of the way we absorb it best. Right. Yes. Yes. I mean, that is why I love that there are lots of different styles of sources because styles will fit. Um, But I I mean, I I totally understand your point of of that curated and, you know, Sandra was very much into, let's talk about the ideas, right. Let's pull those apart. And that was super useful for me. I'm also a very analytical kind of systems oriented person. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that helps too, like, especially uh, your daughter was, was what, one and a half, you said, but you know, young, younger years at those times, it is so useful in trying to figure out and learn the principles to read about all sorts of situations, right? Exactly. So read the questions with teens, with, exactly. um, you know, tweens or, you know, middle age, like all the different ages, because at the root, you find the principle yes. that applies no matter the age, that applies for us as adults moving through these situations as well. Yeah. Yes. So much of the work is ours to do. It doesn't really matter what age our kid is, other than like the different like at different ages, different things pop, different challenges kind of pop up for us. But if we've been reading about other situations, we can know these things might be a trigger. It just helps us identify a little bit faster. But yeah, I, I love that point about finding, you know, at first you're bringing in all sorts of information, but it's okay to call and understand what seems to be helping us. And even if, you know, for sometimes we might have some seasons where we're feeling low and, you know, that more I, fluffy for, for lack of a better term. Better term. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that understanding and, and always paying attention and observing ourselves, like feeling, hmm, I'm feeling a little stuck or stagnant for a while. Let me play around with what I'm bringing in. Does some new stuff help me move forward? Because you know what, one thing I've learned with this lifestyle, even if we're not, even if we're just talking about it almost as life versus unschooling, because that's where you get to, there's always more, right? There is, things are always coming up, challenges are, this is why I've got three kids well into their 20s, and I'm still loving this podcast. I'm still loving um, the network that we have. Because it's a way of life. It's a way of living. It's a way of approaching challenges, no matter what your age is. And it's putting the relationships at the forefront, which is the way the, you know, the connection and the trust and the strong relationships with my family. They're always the priority. And that's the way I want to live now, regardless of my child's age. So yeah, no, just thanks for sharing that. Because I think that was such a really valuable piece of the puzzle as people are trying to figure out how they, how they learn best, how they bring information in and to encourage them to read questions that, you know, it's not all about, I have three kids, these are their ages, who else has this situation and what did you do with this? No, because that's just going to solve that situation if it does at all. 
it's not about figuring out the principles, the foundational ideas um, that will help you move through these situations at whatever age, right? Exactly, exactly. And it will no funny that you mentioned that because I was gonna I was gonna um, talk a bit a bit about that because I was very lucky to have found unschooling so early on uh, because um, you know. I, I mean, I feel like we had already shifted our mindset a bit, you know, mm-hmm. to um, trying to answer Kunshinga's needs um, as much as possible. And so, you know, radical in schooling just, it, it was kind of like, it, it was wo- woven into what we already, the fabric that we already had yeah. mm-hmm. um, very seamlessly. Um, and um, so I, I was very lucky because I had like, four and a half years, give or take, four years maybe, uh, until she reached, you know, school age and we officially started to unschool. But I had a, a lot of time, you know, before she started talking, before she started, you know, asking for things, before she had like a, <laughs> a will, um, you know. Um, so I had time to first to de-school, you know, on the most obvious areas, like, well, obvious to me, um, uh, like food or screen time or, you know, so I had time to de-school regarding all that. And, and yeah, exactly what you just said was exactly what happened to me, which was because I read everything. I read all the discussions about things that weren't happening to, to us at the time. I mean, cause she was little, she was, you know, two, three, I wasn't discussing teenage years or I, well, I wasn't looking for information about teenage years, of course, but that's exactly it. You can um, take, you know, like the principles, not only the principles, but you can also from reading a lot of discussions um, you can start to see behavioral pr- patterns in, in, in us in the parents. Um, and you can start to see, okay, so if, if, (laughs) if this mom is resisting this advice for some reason, well, this means something, you know, you start to see these patterns. And I think that that was very helpful. So I had like these four years, which was amazing to, um, be, well, it's, it, it wasn't only four years, it's still going on, but you know, I, I was just, um, kind of situating her turning six and uh, officially starting to unschool. But like you said, this is life. So, um, but yeah, so you were talking about that for sure. I, I was reading stuff about things that weren't, were not happening to us and they were very useful, still are. Yeah, you can discern so much. And I love that. The pieces too that that I learned about the resistance, those behavior patterns, right? We really it helped me to recognize hmm, mm-hmm. that when I'm feeling resistant to something, mm-hmm. <laughs> it reminds me of, of, of the obstacle is the way. If I'm feeling resistance to something, that's probably a direction that would be helpful for me to mm-hmm. look at. If I'm not even ready to take that first little step, maybe I can just start peeking at it for a little bit, right? That resistance is, is a good clue. And that leads so well into our next question, Marta. Because de-schooling really is that wonderful window to exploring ourselves and the person that we want to be and the parent that we want to be. Because, like we were talking about, it quickly um, expands beyond just replacing school, right, into that lifestyle piece. 
And it really becomes so much about our own personal growth, right? Mm -hmm. So much of de-schooling is really our work to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, um, (laughs) for sure. Um, It it all started for me, you know, and and going back to the last question, but I think it ties in with this one. um, um, I also you know, my main goal when, when I started to read about, you know, even breastfeeding and co-sleeping and whatever, um, I wanted Conchinha to, um, you know, to have a safe place where she could grow, um, emotionally speaking, um, and become her own self as undamaged, emotionally speaking, again, as, as undamaged as possible. Um, it's funny because, uh, years later I I'm, I'm reading on Sandra's website or I don't know, maybe it was in a chat with her or, but she has this written down somewhere, you know, that Keith, her husband, one of the things that he said and that she, you know, she took note was that he wanted his kids to grow up undamaged. And so this was, you know, this, this was kind of the goal that I had in mind because I know, I knew from already knowing myself, I knew I had issues right? Uh, I, I had been in therapy. Um, I knew that I had some internal things that I needed to work through. And I wanted to give her, you know, the, the best um, shot <laughs> at life at, 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 as she could get. Um, so that was my, so that was my main goal. And, um, and what ended up happening <laughs> was that in the process of de-schooling, and, and of course, like you said, um, uh, I see de-schooling much more than just, you know, that process of replacing school with, with no school. And I, I just see, because to me, radical unschooling is that lifestyle that, we, that you were talking about, is that, um, you know, that spiritual practice almost. Um, because radical unschooling is that to me, de-schooling has been so much more. It's been about personal growth. It's been about healing. Um, and, and so (laughs) trying to give Conchinha this safe place, I ended up, um, getting my own safe place (laughs) too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, and I've said this before that, um, uh, you know, I feel like not even the the years that I had in therapy did as much for me um, as, you know, the the work that I've been doing, learning about radical and schooling and living it. Mm-hmm. It's been amazing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I'm very thankful. Um, I hope I don't tear up. I, <laughs> but I might because yeah. I feel, I feel so grateful to all the moms that came before me and to you and to Sandra. I mean, she's like, Um, but to, to many other moms that have been sharing um, very generously um, how we can do this. And it's had, uh, it it has, uh, has had a huge impact in, in my life and in my family's life. And, you know, in, in everyone's life that's connected to me, it's kind of like, do you see that too? Right. The like little stone that you flick into the water and it's, and it ripples out. Yes. Yes. And I can see that on a daily basis. 
Well, like even right, calling back right to what we were talking about at the beginning about the about the judgment piece, right? Yes. There are so many different aspects. I really, you know, it, that was part of the reason I wrote the unschooling journey because for me, it really is a journey about becoming more human. Oh yes, <laughs> it, it is the human journey to to being a human being. <laughs> but there are just so many of those little pieces about being human that we are asked to visit about ourselves through unschooling. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, so many pieces, and then you know, as we're taking that journey ourselves and peeling back those layers for ourselves and better understanding ourselves. So interestingly, when we look up and out, we see other people just more freshly and uniquely as themselves on their own journey. Mm -hmm. So we lose so much of that need to compare, um, to judge, um, to make, try to make others move faster, mm-hmm. like that others should be where we think they should be versus, you know, where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we lose so much when we're losing that need to control our child. And then we realize we can do that for ourselves. We realize we can do that for our spouse, partner, we, for our extended family. And then it grows out into the world. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not about ignoring those pieces. It, it's so hard to explain, isn't it? It's not about ignoring them and saying, oh, well, you, you're there. Like, it is not a negative view of people either. It's a more loving view, I feel, of everyone. And, and you, can, you can meet them where they are, but as fully ourselves. Like, we don't feel like we need to hide. So not only we don't need to judge other people, we also don't need to hide ourselves around other people. We can just be. I think it really just gets to that. I can just be. <laughs> yes, yes. And that has been super important for me, you know, um, regarding, for instance, my family, my parents. Um, uh, and I think that in, in turn, it gives our kids a very healthy, right, a very healthy outlook of other relationships and other and other people and um i'm very glad that you know that i that i moved that i quickly moved from you know being a bit angry at my parents for for you know for what they did when i was little and you know why i had some issues etc but but very quickly i moved from that place of anger to a place of recognizing who they were right and not judging their choices and, um, you know, meeting them where they are now. And of course, I need to do a lot of buffering for, <laughs> for Koshinga. Yeah. But, but I mean, um, you know, seeing them and, and um, seeing Bruno's family, for instance, and seeing my friends and seeing her friends with loving eyes is is just completely different and uh, and of course i think it's healthier <laughs> and and i can see that kunshinga is is growing up you know in the middle of this and um i feel like um emotionally th- she's thriving and she's only 11 you know it's funny i joke around with with bruno and even with a friend of mine that she's doing things you know like uh, coaching her friends or, you know, stuff like that, that I could never do when I was 40. You know, she's like at this place where I look at her and I think, what, 11 years old? What? (laughs) 
And it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, and it's wonderful to, you know, to be here and to, to watch all of this um, happen. And it's funny because when, when I was thinking about this, this question, you know, that you had for me, um, I was thinking that uh, I feel like society, maybe in general, mainstream thinking um, and school, it, it kind of feels like they make it seem like um, to succeed in life um, and to be a functional adult, you know, working and whatever, um, you need to focus on your uh, intellectual um, development on your cognitive development. Right. Yeah. And like, there's nothing else to it. <laughs> you need to focus on that. And I've come to the conclusion that it's quite the opposite that, I mean, if you want to master anything really that intellectually you can get there very easily. If you're curious, if you're, you know, if you're interested, if you're motivated, you'll get there and you'll probably get there faster right? Than the kids that were, I don't know how many years in school, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel like the emotional part of it, that's where, <laughs> that's where I think we need the, the, the um, more help while we're growing up. And, and I'm so lucky to be able to do that for my daughter, you know, and I can see that in tiny little things, you know, in small, the smallest details. It's not like she You know, she was born and she had this type of personality and she'll be like that forever. No, it's it's the sum of, you know, the tiniest details. And um, and yeah. And, you know, where she is now to me is amazing as a psychologist <laughs> to see that this girl, this 11 year old girl is more mature in some aspects um, than a 40 year old grown up. No, I know. There's so many, so many pieces in there I want to <laughs> grab onto. That was that was beautiful, Marta. And I, I, because I think so much growing up, what is so helpful for them is we're giving them the space and the support, like the engagement yeah. around them, figuring out how they tick, who they are, how they like to learn and pursue things, how you know. Lots of experience moving through frustrations, moving when things go sideways. All those pieces are exactly what help them just pick up those, the, the facts, you know, the learning of, of the skills and the things to pursue. Like those are almost incidental <laughs> in the end, but learning about themselves to know what they're interested in to see how interests come and go and fade and twist and turn and do all these interesting pieces. So they're not taken aback when, you know, like conventionally somebody's, you know, I, I should have this career, I should be doing this thing. And then, then it's not fulfilling for them. And then they feel like a failure. Like I failed at that. No, I have to push through that. You know, all those pieces that they will have had experience already in moving through so many of those human experiences because kids are so capable of being able to move through them. Now they don't need to wait. Like they don't need to be told what to do when they're younger so that all of a sudden they can make those decisions when they're adults and young adults and, and those of us in our fifties and everything. Right. Because it's so much better to gain experience with those um, processing through those moments because 
they're life moments. They happen when you're engaged in living a life, right? So I, I really do think that you're right. So much of what they learn, which isn't about learning the facts, it's it's the emotional learning. It's learning about themselves. It's learning about how they engage with life, how they engage with different kinds of situations, different kinds of challenges. Those are the pieces that help them find what they're interested in, that help them know which way, which way they most want to pick up all those little pieces, because on that path, they want to learn X, Y, and Z. You know, yeah. it is so much easier for them. It's easier to learn when you're interested in something, oh, yes. when you're passionate about something, and when you know the best way to pick up that information. Like, yes. is, it, is it reading a book? Is it watching a video? Is it just throwing themselves into the situation and seeing how it goes? Is it what kind of combination of that is mm-hmm. it that most helps them? There's just, there's a confidence to that, yes. that they <laughs> develop over the years, right? Yes. And you can see it when they're 11. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it's crazy to me because I feel like um, I can already see now that, for instance, she'll, um, I don't know, like trying to deal with some kind of frustration with her friends online, for instance. And we talk a lot, um, especially at night when I'm sleepy in bed, (laughs) when she wants to talk. Yeah. but we talk a lot about, you know, stuff that went on for her during the day or whatever. And um, I try not to talk too much, which I think I'm, <laughs> I'm getting there slowly. <laughs> um, and it's funny because I have already started to see like, um, because we talked about something, you know, something will come up that she'll figure out by herself that I won't know of. And then like two weeks later, you know, she'll say something that, you know, she told someone something and they, they try to do this this way or whatever. And I'm like, mm, okay, so she's using the problem solving process that we went through like two weeks ago. And, you know, and so I, I can already see that moment where, you know, in some situations she's needing me less and less. But I can see that um, the problem solving um, uh, process was useful to her and, you know, and, and meaningful to her and she's using it. So that, that's been awesome too. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I want people to, to notice you mentioned there, you, you know, just offhand say, you know, she's coming at night, you know, and I'm tired because I think people can, can sometimes think that this works, you know, perfectly or beautifully and everybody's life is all smooth and, and roses and rainbows and all that kind of stuff because, you know, we enjoy, <laughs> we enjoy this lifestyle, you know, we get a lot of joy out of it, you know, but these, yeah. are, these are our choices. So it's not like um, our lives are easier that unschooling works because our lives are easier or anything like yes. that. It, it is, these are our choices to make, right? So, you know, little things like that, that, that can easily blow past people when they're first listening, because you're hearing all the other stuff. Yeah, we had this long conversation, and we figured out all this problem solving, and I see your in action and everything. But yeah, maybe those are in moments when we're tired. Maybe, you know, those, like, just imagine for a moment that she's coming to you about something she problem solved through. 
that was a challenge. She was, that was a frustration. That was a challenging moment for her. So it's not about lives being perfect or these kinds of kids being easier because unschooling works with them. It really is about choosing to engage and be with them and to focus on that relationship and to, I I like the idea of, of making space. Yes. Of leaving space open for them to come when they're when they're in that moment to talk because you know sometimes we may legitimately be totally busy and we can't engage in that moment but so often it really is available to us and and that is our priority like we're choosing to make the relationship and engaging with them and helping them work through things to be a priority. So if I'm hungry or I'm thirsty, the answer can be, yes, let me grab a drink or yes, let me grab a snack or, you know, come climb into bed and we'll talk, you know, there's so many possibilities, right? Yes. And I think unschooling gives us that, which is, you know, the ability to think um, outside the box, to think creatively, to think, okay, you need this right now. Let me see what I can do. Okay. Maybe not right now. Let's, you know, and you come up with different ideas to get to the same point. As for, you know, with mainstream thinking, I don't know if we can categorize it like that, but, you know, there's this tendency to see things more in black and white, maybe. Mm-hmm. And unschooling gives us this nuanced uh, <laughs> way of thinking, right? I don't, I don't know if, if the metaphor is, is, is um, oh. useful, but um, yeah, yeah, I kind of feel like that. The creativity is just yes. that was essential. Surprises, right? It was like, and along with how capable kids are, like the ideas and the creativity solutions that they can bring to challenges, mm-hmm. you know, was always astounding to me at first, anyway. And then, <laughs> and then I just loved it. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I got to go ask the kids what they think <laughs> because. They just saw so much more openly. Yes. And and because they didn't have a lot like undamaged, right? They didn't have a lot of personal stuff they had to work through first. Yes. They they had to peel back first to get to that essence. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. more were living in that essence. Right. They, they may they may still have some some peels to go through, which which was um, also a funny thing for me to recognize because I thought unschooling was going to be like this miracle answer. And, you know, life was just going to be blissful. <laughs> yes, that is such a good point. But, you know, back to the, what we were talking about. Right. That life has challenges. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And life and, has challenges and their life has challenges and they're going to hear messages all over the place and they have their own brain and their own body that functions uniquely the way it, and that can give you challenges too, right? Exactly. It's, but the point was that, you know, that, that they might have some peels to go to, you know, to go through, but they'll have less peels, you know, less layers to go through than we did. So I think, and, and plus they have, you know, just like a difference, like, like you said, maybe um open this openness right creativity the curiosity the um, there i don't know like this this ease uh, at least for for our kids i i see it like that i know every kid is different but um for her i i can totally see that in her you know this ease and and i think the beauty of unschooling too is that accepting of the child for who they are. Yes. Right. 
you know, they may have like just more personal challenges along the way. And that's okay too. Like the, for them to see you loving and accepting them for who they are in that moment and their choices and just validating that for them, the things they find challenging, you know, and if they're not ready to, or they don't want to push those bound, those comfort boundaries, comfort zones for themselves, you know, that they can see that acceptance that they're okay. Yes. Who they are right now. Like that's the place to start. And that is just, I mean, imagine that for, for ourselves too, growing up. Yeah. It gotten that too. Like, cause then they, they, I imagine like I would feel empowered that, Oh, it's okay that I made this choice. Uh-huh. or not to do or you know go not to go like all those things are all okay yeah. and how that makes it okay as in you know it's okay for me to make that choice and it's okay for someday for me to make a different choice yeah. right and to try something different it just feels empowering because it's not I need to be forcing myself to make that choice because I feel like I'm somehow you know, wrong for not wanting to do that. You, you know, is that coming through? Like that they can only be who they are. They don't have to feel like pressured to do these more conventional things. Yeah, I can already see that in Conchinha. I mean, she's one of my issues um, was that I have always been um, a people pleaser, and I had. I mean, I think I'm getting better at it now, but I had a very hard time saying no to people. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I can see that Kanshinya is, you know, she feels bad if she makes someone else feel bad, if she says no to something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can totally see her in a a completely different space, you know, in a a different place from where I was. And she'll feel bad, but she won't say yes just because the other person felt bad. Does that make sense? She yeah, can, yeah. She'll apologize or, but she'll keep her no if she actually does not feel like doing that. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's really beautiful to, to see, you know, like, and she's the most um, caring kid. I've, <laughs> I know again, I'm biased, but, <laughs> but, you know, she's very, she's a very sweet kid and a very considerate kid. But um, at the same time, it's not, she hasn't, you know, like fallen to the other, to the other extreme of where I think I I was for the most part of my life, which was, you know, not uh, being able to set my own boundaries and, you know, saying no to situations that don't make me feel comfortable, et cetera. Um, And it's really, it's really amazing to, to be a witness to all of this. It is. You learn so much from them. Don't like so much because yes, that, that consideration, that empathy, that caring, but not at their own expense. Like it exactly. is so fun to see them dance with that line. And it's like, yes, like that's how we learn to say no and to respect our own needs more by seeing them. Like, as I say, we see it in our kids and then, then we see it in ourselves and then we see it in our spouse and then extended family and then out into the world. I feel like for me anyway, like that was the journey. It was okay to do it for my kids. But then it's like, oh, but 
like what about <laughs> me and it's like oh <laughs> you know it just it just keeps growing out there now uh, I do want I, our conversation is flowing beautifully and I think we've m- almost flowed through the next two questions um, <laughs> but I just want to visit them just in case because we were I was going to ask about one of the more challenging aspects of de-schooling for you and that the one you just spoke of that that people pleaser aspect that that was an interesting one did you have another any other ones that you wanted to mention well yeah i think that um i mean i had um you know regarding conchinha specifically and in schooling i think that um one of the things that took me longer maybe <laughs> and i'm still going through it <laughs> is you know like this um worry of not doing enough of not being enough. Um, And um, I remember trying to bounce around with the idea of strooling and trying to understand it better and, um, you know, and not being able to actually really grasp it. But um, now looking back, I feel like, um, I feel like I have like these ebbs and flows. Is is that okay? Um, and, you know, and sometimes I'm feeling, and for instance, this year, and I believe this happened to everyone, maybe, you know, with the pandemic, um, I felt like even though we, you know, our routines didn't change all that much and we're, the three of us were homebodies and we love to be at home and, you know, it hasn't had, you know, like this huge impact, right. Even Mm -hmm. emotionally speaking, um, but I feel like in the first months of, of all of this happening, um, I probably, <laughs> you know, like, um, focused my, my internal resources on, you know, just keeping us going. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and then all of a sudden in September, we, um, and luckily we, we managed to, uh, go down South to the beach and we had like a week there, but when we came back, it, I felt so, it it just felt so different to me. It's like this fog had lifted and I felt, you know, active again, like, you know, and ideas were bouncing around in my head, like things that I wanted to bring, um, home for Kanshinya to check out if she liked her, you know, and so I, I feel like life has these moments where, where, you know, sometimes I'll be more um, sparkly <laughs> and some moments where I won't be as sparkly as I want it to be. Um, but yeah, so that that's one of the areas where I've had, um, because, you know, like, the food, the, the screen time, the, I don't know, that was very easy for me to understand the, the core principles and apply them to our lives. Um, but yeah, so you were asking about, you know, where I had, uh, where it was more challenging for me. I think it was that. And also, I think maybe worrying a bit too much about Conchinha's um, independence and autonomy because, um, and I think you, you touched this a, a few minutes ago. She has, um, she's her own self, of course, with her own set of needs. Whoever they are, that's who they are. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's helping them explore and navigate how they 
can engage with yeah. the things they want to do and the way they want to engage with the world, right? Because, you know, things, the way they, they'll, they'll just gain experience as to how that goes with other people, right? Mm-hmm. And with our support and with those conversations and the processing and the problem solving, like all those pieces, they will mm-hmm. do, gain those experiences when they're ready and when they want them, right? So much, Marta. I, I just love that piece because so often when we get kind of stuck and start swirling, it's when we see it a moment and we start thinking, oh, you know, what if it's like this way forever? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like this way 10 years from now, you yeah. know, that, and, but we don't know how it's going to change. And sometimes we're like, oh my goodness, you know, is this going to be like this forever? So yeah, that, that's always a clue for me when I'm catastrophizing into the future. It's so easy to do though. Like I don't want to, you know, diss anyone for it. For me, it was just a clue. It's like, okay, it's a clue to remind myself to re-engage with them in the moment and to remember how they've changed from previous years. Right. Yeah. And luckily I had like this voice (laughs) inside my head. I think I had Sandra's voice (laughs) inside my head. Um, uh, You know, just um, because I, I, I think I've read this so many times um, that, you know, when you're worrying about something that hasn't even happened yet, you know, when you're working about the future, you're not there in the present. You're, you know, you're, and, and it might never, it, what you're thinking about might never even happen. And you were wasting your time thinking mm-hmm. about something that will never happen. So, okay, focus on right here, right now. And, and like, even if it is similar 10 years from now, you've just had 10 years of present moments. Oh, of course. You, you yes. So many other tools and they've learned like, you know, yeah, it's hard to express, but, but you, you won't be the same people. I do. Yes. No, but, but it's, yes, I do understand because it's, and I I think about this a lot because like I said, when I found unschooling, I thought, okay, I I, I found the magic pill. I found (laughs) the pill, which will enable us to live happily until we're 100 years old. All of us. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought. Mentally healthy, physically healthy. I thought I had found the magic pill. And, you know, slowly, gradually, I came to realize that that's not it, that, you know, life will throw us whatever challenges it will, but that we'll have like this toolbox, this, this bigger and and toolbox, uh, emotional toolbox from which we can, you know, um, take the tools we need to deal with those challenges, whatever they are. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. It's the experience. Like every time we move through something, we, we learn something new about ourselves. We learn how well that tool in the toolbox worked for us. Maybe we tweak it a little bit. Like that is why we are not the same person. That's another reason why I often like suggest to people certainly you know when you're first coming to unschooling and and you're reading the books and and stuff like that and listening to the podcast it really is worth it like a year down the road even six months down the road to reread them oh yeah listen to things because we are a different person different things will connect with us things some things will make more sense some stuff 
we probably won't even remember that we read because we kind of skipped over it because there was nothing to connect it to. But now yeah. we're in a new place and there's lots of new things to connect. New things will make more sense. We'll be building that picture of how unschooling works more richly, I guess, because there is just, there is so much to it, so many layers, and you're going to pick up new pieces and things are going to make so much more sense or, or a different sense, like a different layer will, mm-hmm. will come out. So yeah, I, I love that piece. I love the piece. We're always growing, learning and changing. So much. <laughs> no matter our age, right? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> okay. I would love to know what is your favorite thing about the flow of your unschooling days right now? Yeah. Um, I think that, um, I have a couple of favorites. I don't, I I couldn't just, of course not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, I mean, I really love how much fun we have, um, either together, you know, playing together or doing something together, either when we're, you know, off on our own doing, uh, what, whatever each one of us is interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, all the learning that happens, you know, that's, that's really, I really enjoy that too. Um, I feel this, this sense of, of peace, of course, and this sense of ease in our lives, which, which I very much enjoy. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think that, that would, that would be it. I mean, um, that our lives are so rich, right. And, um, and that there's this warmth um, that, that that I feel in you know in our relationships. So yeah, those yeah. are a couple of my favorite things. Yeah, you know, and you know what pops out for me when you when you say that is like for me, I've described it, and and that's how I ended up with my website being called Living Joyfully because that joy and warmth and peace that you talk about it bubbles underneath all the days doesn't it even even with the challenges even with the things that go sideways they don't knock everything else to the wind there's like that foundation of warmth and peace that you can draw on in those more challenging moments right that just help us a bit more gracefully and more connectedly move through them does that make sense it does. It does for sure. For sure. And it, um, it also, I also wanted to mention that um, I also enjoy, um, really enjoy the nest that we've created throughout mm-hmm. these years. And because I, I really think that our house is like our home is so you know, it, it kind of represents all that I, you know, all of the above, you know, it, it's, it's a peaceful place. Um, it's a fun place because it, ha- it has a ton of fun things to do. Um, yummy food to eat. Um, so it's like this super cozy and warm nest that, that I love living in. And I wanted to give a shout out to Alex uh, because no, but you know what, because at the time, I don't remember how many years ago it was, Alex made a video, two videos mm-hmm. that she posted on YouTube um, 
and she gave us a tour of her house and how she, no, really how she like organized stuff and how, you know, how her living room was and the, 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 the kids had a, a room with toys, but then she had some toys in the living room too. And then she had two TV sets and whatever. And I remember at the time I was like, because I was very, you know, I've always been, been very organized and very everything in its place. Mm-hmm. And her, I remember her videos had this huge impact and like, okay, I want my home to be like that. <laughs> and, you know, and, and not minding, not being over worried about the mess or the, we're trying to, I mean, it's not that my house is messy because I don't think it is, but it, it, I still have it organized, but it, I don't know. I, I'm not even sure what I want to say, but like, inviting. Right? Yes. Yes. I, I, that's what I mean. I've been to Alex's house. Yes. I, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's warm. Like the way you're talking about it's warm. It just, it just invites you to do things. Yes. Right? To do fun things or to yeah. relax if you feel like it or to relax. It's not about, Oh, I shouldn't touch this or we're, Oh, if I touch this, I need to, you know, clean it up right away or, or any of those things. So it's not about the house it's about the, the, the things it's about, it's about the doing, right. Yeah. Yeah. Doing and the being versus maintaining that. Yeah. And, and in that sense, it was very um, helpful um, to, you know, to, to watch Alex's videos as well as reading, you know, those years and years of, of fam and unschooling families describing how their day was, how their day to day was. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very helpful because, you know, before, all of you guys, you know, nobody had done this before. So um, it, it's very useful for us that are coming next to have like these, you know, like concrete examples of, okay, you can do this, you can do that. Um, just so inspiring, isn't it? Yes, yes, for yes, me, yes. It was just inspiration. I, I would just love every morning to go and just hear the little stories, hear what the kids were into. Yes. It wasn't like I had to run and and take those things in particular to my kids. Like you should be interested in this, but it was inspiration. Maybe it made another connection. Maybe it was something that I thought, Oh, my kids might love that. You know, it's, it was just inspiration and joy popping all the time. It just put me in that more open and curious and creative mindset, right? A way to approach a day. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, Marta. It was so thank much you. fun. Thank you for having me. I was so felt so honored oh. <laughs> to receive your invitation. Oh, thank you so much. And and thank you so much for sharing your experience. I love the stories and the insights that you shared. That was awesome. Wow. And <laughs> before we go, is there a place that people can connect with you online? Um, yeah, sure. Well, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. So... I'd say those two places. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. No, I'll put links to those in the show notes. And thank you so much, Marta. Have a wonderful day. Oh, thank you, Pam. (laughs) Bye. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the wonderful archive of earlier podcast episodes. The conversations never go out of date. And you can find more information about my books, my Patreon community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit at my website, livingjoyfully.ca. Have a great day.